You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Greetings. Welcome back to another installment of Two Sons of Tatooine, the podcast edition. I am Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro, and joining me is my co-host and good friend, Jonathan Cohn. Follow him on YouTube for lots of book things. On today's installment of the podcast, we're talking about a lot of Star Wars news topics, ranging from the Lando series, uh, getting some new leadership, uh, hopefully not too childish, Star Wars Eclipse still coming along slowly, but it's coming along. Uh, Lucasfilm rumored to be turning, potentially, Mandalorian Season 4 into a movie rather than another season of television. And lastly, a new Ahsoka trailer with many new details to discuss. Um, And when we say new Ahsoka trailer, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I have bumped into several fan trailers for Ahsoka that keep... I keep getting confused with the actual ones. Yeah. And then, like, halfway through, I'm like, wait a minute. That's a fan-made edit right, right there. It looked really, really good until that one small point, And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it fooled me. I got fooled by a couple of them. But uh, so we'll save the, the Soka trailers and stuff for last. That might be the longest thing we talk about. I don't know. But let's go first to a little bit of Star Wars news about the Lando series. Tell us what is that news, Jonathan? Lando system. Lando's not a system. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> um, so well, the, well, well. Whatever we hear. This is this is an interesting one because I was. This was something that bro- quote broke live, and it was fun watching it break live. Um, uh, so uh, the first the, the background piece is back in 2020. They announced that uh, they were working on a Lando series with Justin Simeon as the writer. Um, Justin Simeon. I'm not a huge fan of his work. He he's known for some things like he worked on most recently uh, Haunted Mansion, the d- movie he directed that came out last week, and he also was the creator and head writer on the series Dear White People. And so Justin Simeon um, uh, was set to write it, and they did not announce Billy Dee Williams was returning or that Donald Glover. They didn't say either one of them. All they said was Justin Simeon is writing it, and then we heard. Nothing for years. And 2021 passes, 2022 passes. We haven't heard anything about this thing. And they all they <clears> say <throat> is, oh, we still got plans for it. It's just not happening yet. Uh, and then uh, Jeff Snyder, who is the editor of Above the Line, which is a very reputable source. He's also um, on a podcast called The Hot Mic, where, which he does every Thursday, um, uh, where they break news uh and he's he's like because he is an actual like it the, the across uh, uh above the line is one of those publications that it's technically not a trade publication like the hollywood reporter or variety but it's like almost on that level with its with its accuracy and with its so it's it's legit and everyone else confirmed afterwards that it, uh justin simeon was removed by the pro on the project and that <laughs> ah. um uh, and that Donald Glover uh, was actually hired to uh, be the head writer, along with his brother, Stephen Glover. And where this gets interesting is that, you know, because of the writer's strike, deals aren't allowed to happen right now. Um, so this deal actually happened um, months ago. 
and Disney's mm. been trying to keep it quiet because they didn't want any it's, it, the news to break quite yet. Um, right. Uh, and now this is where this, this part of the news is is where it gets a little bit dicey because I'm I don't entirely believe this. Justin Simeon. Uh, uh, you know, this came out the weekend his new movie Haunted Mansion was supposed to release. This news broke, and so mm. he uh put out an Instagram post saying, "I literally just heard about this." Like he didn't. He says he didn't know he was fired until um uh he saw that the news broke online. Oh my! Now, so. If like like everyone was taking that and saying, "Look how terrible Disney is! Look how uh, uh, look how <laughs> look how awful they're treating their 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 talent stuff like that." Yada yada yada. I think that there's some 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 stuff to parse here. First of all, I believe that he's known for months. I think he didn't know the news was going to break until that point. Um, uh, he had agreed to keep it. it quiet because if it had broken, I mean, Haunted Mansion tanked at the box office it could have done even Mm -hmm. worse if the news had broke that he had been removed from another disney project because people would have been like well they don't have faith in him anymore so uh uh, i think that he's known for quite a while and and he's there's a reason he's not been talking about it for the last year um uh and so i'm pretty sure that he knows but i think disney let him say he found out that way to help him save a little bit of face to help him look a little better um, mm. uh, but so apparently <clears throat> Donald and his brother Steven are writing now, Donald and Steven have worked on other projects as writers before. This is not their first rodeo. They, uh, both worked on Atlanta, which is the show that Donald produced and that won multiple Emmys for them. And have you watched any of that show? No, that's not my style. Okay. Uh, but, but I've heard <laughs> good things about it. And then uh, Stevens also worked on other projects, um, uh, other movies and television before. Um, at one point, he worked for Saturday Night Live, but he wasn't the head writer. He was just a member of the staff there. But he's worked on other things. Right. So it's not like Donald is like just nepotism bringing along his brother to write. It's like, no, he, his brother has actual writing credentials. Um, and Donald has legitimate writing credentials. Uh, yeah. And I think... Personally, this is good because Donald has ha- always had an understanding, I felt, of, uh, of Lando. And I've always felt that he was a good steward of the character. Uh, I, I felt that, um, you know, Solo wasn't perfect, but I thought that he handled Lando very well overall. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a couple other actors who are kind of like this. Anthony Daniels is very much a steward of the character of, of, of C-3PO. And so I, mm. I think that this oh, yeah. is actually... Oh, yeah. I think this is actually good, and I think it means it's more likely to actually happen because I think that they don't they, they want to keep a big name talent like Donald Glover, and I think that he wants to do well because if this goes well, he's going to have a bunch of new fans because uh, there are yeah, people who he like, stands to gain a lot. Yeah, he he There's he no has doubt. a lot to lose, and I don't think he's going to like if if this doesn't do well, I don't think he's going to like hurt too much from this. Uh, people will blame Disney and blame other reasons. They probably won't blame him for it. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's got quite a lot to gain. So anyway, wait that's, a minute. People blame Disney. Jonathan never happens. Okay. So uh, that was well, me rambling for a while. What do you think of, of this news? He's a, he's always been somebody who, you know, I've heard like things on set that he knows how to like build a good community yep. among mm-hmm. the actors. Uh, I, I understood. The, I understood <laughs> the joke, but it's actually true. He actually does uh, connect he, well. Yeah, and people no. like him. Uh, yes, he's he's so well liked. He's he's. 
obviously developing as like the writer and that in that time of, you know when it comes to Atlanta I have to admit as well that I'm really not versed in any of it but you know when it comes to the character of Lando and why he loves this character so much you know there's lots of reasons you could state but the point is that he just embodies and loves the character so much mm-hmm. that you can tell on a fundamental level the same way as you mentioned with some other characters like you know Wicket you know whenever every time you know you get the actor who plays him? Uh, Warwick um, Davis. Warwick Davis, right? He is like so enthused about Star Wars and yep. so thrilled to be a part of it. And uh, you know, of course, you know there was lots of lots of people who didn't fall on that who were still good characters. So it's not always the defining thing, right. you know, obviously. But when that when you know, I, I love that he loves Lando and he plays it with the as the kids would say with all of the riz that you could possibly <laughs> fit into a. I I know why you use that. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. No, no. But but maybe that's why it's in my mind. But um, <laughs> the 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 question you're going to be do you know do we end up with this like brotherhood kind of you know we can kind of finish each other's ideas thing and because of that they have some small holes or do they cover each other's weaknesses well in their writing and yet we're we're yet to find that out yeah. um in in the project but i'm excited for another reason too um a few days ago a couple of weeks ago but really i guess during the writer strike but we got a tweet from billy d williams that was very so i can actually yeah so well, that that was not what that was his, about <laughs> no you don't think so no i know so cuz he he responded about it what did he say? Um, so uh, the first thing is we should have seen this coming because another actor has done this before. But the next day he posted that it was about his new bio, uh, his new memoir. Autobiography. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, so right. the, um, back in 2019, right before Rise of Skywalker was, you know, the, the marketing for that was happening, Anthony Daniels went to Twitter and, and made this huge cryptic response. I have something big planned and it's going to be huge and it's something I've never done before. And Star Wars fans were like, ooh, what's he talking about? We were trying to theorize. <laughs> and then he announced a book. And we were like, what? That's it? That's, it's just the book. And that's how we kind of felt with Lando here and it actually with, um, with Billy Dee. And it makes sense that, uh, that that's what Billy Dee was doing because he's trying to get you know, publicity for it. Uh, I think he also was a little bit, I think he, I think his team, whoever his, his marketing team knew that this is where the fans would take the idea. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it feels a little cheap, but I, I, there's definitely, yeah, that connection is, he, it's most, his most memorable character. Oh yeah. And he, in his tweet talks about how like it's building for a lifetime, like, and this is a character he's played for several you know things yeah. across his lifetime, mm-hmm. but yeah, go. and and the I title of the, the title of the memoir is uh, uh, "What Have We Here?" What have we here? Uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good title. Um, uh, the only <laughs> better title, I think, is uh, uh, Patrick Stewart's new memoir is literally titled "Making It So." Uh, <laughs> I love that one, but uh, but Billy D. Williams could still come back, although I've heard that his health is actually really deteriorating fast, um, which is why they wanted to get the book out now while they still had his health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if he would do it because of his health, 
But if he could, I think that uh, Donald Glover would include him because they actually have a good relationship. They actually met around the time they were working on Solo, and Donald Glover wanted to make sure he had the character right, which is why he met with uh, Billy D. So I think they could bring back Billy D, but if they don't, it's because of his health. That's the reason they won't bring him back. Hmm. Do you know any any details about what kind of health stuff it is? It just it's uh, related stuff. to him getting older. Yeah. Uh, interesting. You know, he definitely is somebody that I loved. I, I, I in terms of favorite characters, like how many people are not going to put Lando on their list because of charm? Right. And that makes me think a lot of people are going to be interested in this project that might not have the same interest level on something like unfamiliar to mm-hmm. them you know the, there's some cred and you, you think about it too what if this story maybe doesn't hit on all fronts but we get just a really charismatic lando mm-hmm. that's fun to watch in every episode yep. and still brings us these great moments with the character yep. and the story's just okay i'm still gonna have a great time mm-hmm. you know i i think we're gonna enjoy reviewing it and talking about it and certainly making memes about it because oh, yeah. it's that type of that type <laughs> of character. Yeah. Now, can you can you ruin it with bad dialogue? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but he's known for having really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those things they have to make sure they kind of do well. And I think probably in his personal life, maybe who even knows? Donald Glover might be a little bit inspired by the character <laughs> and trying to become him in real life to a degree. So he's like, I mean, I kind of wish I was that, you know, that charming. You know, uh, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch that. Um, you so, don't. You, but, what, what did I say that was so wrong? What's so wrong? Never mind. Uh, the not become like not a Skinwalker thing here. So, no, no, that's no. What we're talking about. So uh, I think that you know he he'll get the character right when they write it. And if he takes his time mm. with it, I think it'll be fine. I'm most interested in this because I've always felt I'd love to see the Star Wars actors get involved in the production side of things. Um, you look mm. at Star Trek. Some of the best Star Trek movies are directed by the actors. For example, right. um, uh, The Voyage Home, which is the one with the whales... That one was directed by Leonard Nimoy, and it's my favorite Star Trek movie. And, my, and the best of the next-gen movies was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Um, yeah. Uh, and so they have and, – and, and Frakes has been doing – directing television episodes for – Of course. Forever. Right. So Star Trek has a long history of this, and I'd be really fascinated to – like, for instance um, – uh, uh, I know a lot of actors aren't writers, which is why they don't do this, but actors getting involved in the creation of the stories with their characters, I find really fascinating. Um, for example, I don't think that Mark Hamill needs to be writing scripts because I don't think he'd be good at it. But if he was mm-hmm. involved in the writing team, uh, I think uh, for a Luke Skywalker series, particularly, particularly if they bring in a new young Luke Skywalker, like they cast that one guy to play a younger version of him. But if you had Mark on the writing team and just like working with them on ideas and getting the character voice right and stuff like that, I think that fans would feel more confident in the projects and would feel that maybe the characters are um, uh, reflecting what they used to better. Um, Mm. uh, Now, this doesn't always work when you have 
John, I mean, uh, uh, going back to Star Trek, Patrick Stewart was in charge of the ideas for the character in seasons one and two of Picard. And they had to specifically tell him, no, we're not going with what you want for the character when they did season three. He said, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this with the character. They said, we're doing this because this is what it needs for season three. And so he was wrong. Patrick Stewart was wrong about what his character needed to do. So this is not an ironclad idea. But I think generally it could work. I think if you had, you know, if if we had brought in, um, uh, you know, if I'm trying to think of a good series that they could do. If they wanted to do like a Qui-Gon series. Liam Neeson doesn't care, but if you do another Obi-Wan series of, like, a young Obi-Wan, maybe have Ewan in the writing process. So something like that. That's my, hmm. that's my thinking there. Well, the actors, so, you know, I liken it a little bit to um, Smallville, which yeah. is one of my shows that influenced me a lot. And the growth out of Tom Welling is very evident when you hear him speak about the show. He does this podcast called Talkville with mm-hmm. Michael Rosenblob. So yep. he had the character of Lex and the character of Welling. And both of them have you know gone in different directions in their career, but they talk a lot about how many people that ended up in the writing, producing, directing gig were these really popular actors. And then they put their passion and knowledge into that you know as they got older. And I think of kind of Tom in the same way. I don't think of Mark in that same vein, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. He seems to be like the guy who's – you can bring him in involved in some different ways. Yeah. But he doesn't want to be that guy. He Maybe. doesn't – he, he – I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, has he ever tried to direct anything? I don't know that he has. <clears throat> well, had they done that and, you know, we would have not gotten rid of Last Jedi because – he would have said, he would not have I fundamentally yeah. object to the direction that you're taking my character. Um, and these other characters. Now, I don't love all of his ideas because, you know, right. he talked about this should have happened and this should have happened. I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have to happen just like that because right. that's why, you know, <laughs> that's why there are things that because it was very predictable. Um, but you, who the other person you talked about was... Um, Ewan? Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, Liam and Neeson. then yeah. Now like, you like, and like Liam's an example of he. I just don't think he would care. I don't think he cares enough to to do it again. It's like to be on the writing team. Like he would come in if they paid him to act, but he doesn't care. But Ewan's someone who does care. He does. And so I think that Ewan, if he was involved in the writing, I don't think he was involved in the writing on the Kenobi Obi Wan series. I think he was just up on the producing side. It's interesting, but I don't know if he's dabbled in the writing side either. But I do agree with you that the more that those guys have a chance to do that, the more they might realize, I'm actually really good at this and interested in doing it more. No one's ever given me the chance to do this. I didn't know it was like mm-hmm. this. Let's, you know, let's do this more. And I, I agree that could happen. I mean, that's how we got the best possible moment in Star Star Trek was thanks to Jonathan Frakes, you know, when... You know, in Picard season three, when Picard proposes to Beverly Crusher and he just says, engage. <laughs> that's not that. That's not that's not that. You are creating a fake memory, sir. <laughs> I've been building that joke up in my head for the past five minutes ever since you were talking. Um, I, thought, I thought you were going somewhere. I know. I know. Because I sold it. I sold it. I had to sell it. <laughs> 
But if I was Patrick Stewart, I would propose by just holding up the ring to the girl and saying, engage. Engage. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but um, you're right. You're right. If we get them involved, people are in the... Like, there's a huge thing when it... Like, you can't even describe the amount of fans that come on board when they're like, oh, well, the actor who... They they know this character. They're on board. Mm -hmm. They're helping the process. That gives me a little more confidence. And it seems like we're in a place where that kind of confidence is worth it to try and yep. do whatever it takes to bring along. So maybe I, I tend to agree with what your points are. So moving to our second story of the day, we're talking about, <clears throat> this is a much, much quicker story to talk about, is Eclipse, uh, the, the, the game from Quantic Dream. Now, uh, for a while we thought Eclipse was dead, because um, we had heard nothing about it. Um, mm. And we had heard that there were problems uh, behind the scenes. Well, this report from Star Wars Newsnet, again, in the Star Wars world, they're, they're not, they, they, they get stuff wrong sometimes, but they generally have an idea of something. They sometimes have specifics wrong, but they have an idea behind something. And so this is what um, it says. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to s- skip some of it. It says, uh, <clears throat> sorry, it, it just skipped on me. Uh, the, the, the French news channel BFM TV features a new behind-the-scenes look that indicates that progress on Star Wars Eclipse is still ongoing. The video does not feature any new gameplay footage, but it does showcase the performance capture equipment that allows the studio to digitally recreate real actress likeness along with a demonstration of the sound mixing used to create the noises that will be heard in-game. Quantic Dream co-CEO Guillaume, I'm not going to say the rest of that last name, I'll butcher it, addressed concerns of a toxic work environment, uh, allegations that plagued the company in 2018 and have tarnished its reputation to the point where fans were discussing a boycott of the game due to Quantic Dream's involvement. In his words, the company is moving forward. It is really far behind us. We work with our teams every day. It's going very, very well. <coughs> this sounds like a Donald Trump quote. Uh, we are we are focused on game development. It's the only thing that interests us. We decided to lead the studio in another direction to have a perfect editorial control over our studio. As it stands, we are only going off the words of the developer who may be seeking to reassure investors. Uh, the absence of any real title, uh, any real update uh, for a long time has gone noticed clearly. And then they go on later to state that the expected time is 2027 or 2028, which is a right. Crazy long time uh, to wait. However, the point is that they said, like, I thought it was just like dead, like they're not even working on it anymore. But this says it's still they're still working on it. That like developments legitimately happening that they saw when they went in. So maybe, what do you think? Well, they do. You know, they do have that reputation that they kind of alluded to, and um, of over overworking and. Not paying yeah. well, uh, you know. There's there's a whole lot of those things, you know that that can once they get out spoil, um, and and really yeah. to address it now will only matter if you know if things get better. <laughs> if it keeps going on, then I think fans are going to be done. But uh, it's possible today's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of ways for that to get better. I'll say that. Um, Quantic Dreams, other games, they definitely have a system that I like because of the replayability. You may not yep. like the replayability as much, but <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, frankly, the other day we were sitting there talking about KOTOR, and 
you know, I, I told you to save right before a certain point because then you right. could make a different choice and replay the ending and get this change totally different thing. Ending. Yeah, right. totally change the ending, even very late on in the game. And and Quantic Dream does that in theirs constantly um, to the point to where, you know, you probably would have to do not, we're talking like 10 playthroughs, but more like 50 if you wanted a lot of all the different possible outcomes. All the different ones, Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what type of, you know, development's taking so long for all of that. Um, I mean, even though this trailer's two years old, the graphics were just utterly shocking. And everybody who saw it was just like, this looks beautiful. looks so gorgeous. And, you know, there's still going to be immediate excitement when it comes up. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Are they going to finish it? We already theorized that, you know, it could not happen based off of developers and maybe they won't have enough. Uh, I wonder. It's it's good to hear back from them, but unless they have anything more substantial than, like, quotes, <laughs> it's it's really not much worth more than our time to talk about than that. Right. I don't feel yeah. like it. I've, I just wanted to address it because it was a news item that I saw pop up recently. Yeah. So. Our third story. This is this is the the juicy one I wanted to talk about. Juicy. The, our our third story is this that this is a big uh, one. This is from the this is from a website making Star Wars. Also, uh, uh, generally, again, they're not a they're not they're not top tier uh, in reporting, but they generally have an idea of what's going on. And the idea is that I, I totally believe this that Lucasfilm is looking into doing this. They're looking into turning season four into a movie uh, in season four of Mandalorian, I should say. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they say that uh, apparently this is what making uh, star Wars says. Apparently from what I am hearing, there is a fear. John Favreau and Fil- Dave Filoni will not be able to make two seasons of Disney plus shows that are prerequisites for Dave Filoni's theatrical fi- star Wars, theatrical film, a mm-hmm. question being floated is if they can take the main story of Star Wars The Mandalorian's fourth season and edit those scripts into a film that will release after the, re- after the Ray film. This would effectively give Filoni two theatrical Star Wars films yeah. produced by John. There's the word, produced by John Favreau. We were talking about this before off-air. Uh, it wouldn't be directed by John Favreau. They'd be produced by Favreau. Mm. We would lose the fourth season of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus for now, but we would instead experience that story as a theatrical film that would lead into <clears> Dave <throat> Filoni's original concept a year or so later. Uh, and then they go on to say that the reason that they're looking into this is that the SAG and WGA strikes are going on so long mm-hmm. that, you know, they lose if they're like the, the the theoretical idea is that the movie dates are hard in stone. They're not. But that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And so if the movie dates are hard in stone, um, uh, then, you know, the, the television needs to catch up quickly to get to them. And they're afraid they won't be able to produce enough television um, in the, in the in a timely manner. So the idea is that if you cut it from a movie to a or from a television series to a movie, you're saving time. Now, this is where this whole Hollywood stuff gets really interesting. Traditionally, on a big budget, huge, epic scope Star Wars movie, right? You know, you're spending years making the movie, and the actual production time is like six months, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but six months. Mm-hmm. Now, on a season of television, 
which is like three or four times the length of a movie yeah. in terms Way of runtime. You're shooting it in about six months' time or less. Yeah. Because television can be shot faster. You're not doing as many takes. The, 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 <clears throat> the VFX aren't quite on the same level, that type of stuff. Um, and also the, um, uh, like the scale isn't as big because they're using smaller sets. Like the volume's not that huge as big as some film sets. So from what I gather, the reason they could do this as a movie is if you're only having to shoot two hours, but you're shooting it the way you would shoot the Mandalorian season four, you could probably shoot that in like just a couple of months, just get a single director to shoot that. And the editing process, you could do it in less than a year. So the, I, from what I understand, the idea behind this is that they can make it for cheaper and super fast, but it wouldn't be on the theatrical quality of some of the other Star Wars movies. It'd be on the quality of The Mandalorian, which is great for television. I'm just not sure if that would translate to movies as well. Yeah. Um, I think part of the other reason is Wonder. they're thinking that the Filoni... I'll say this and then patch, uh, hand it off to you. The Filoni mm-hmm. crossover movie, when it comes out, there's going to be a lot more people that go to see that movie than have ever seen the television series. Now, a lot of people have seen the television series up to, like, you know, I think about 10 million people, uh, which is great for TV. But Star Wars movies sell anywhere from 70 to 100 million tickets. So they need to get seven to ten times that audience involved. What's the best way to do that? Have another movie come out that that can lead into it. So the idea is that this would basically bolster the Filoni film by having season four as a movie. So I understand the thinking, but I feel like this is like they're, they're putting too much thought into this. I think that you're, they're, they're unnecessarily complicating it. Another Star Wars movie, really? Mm. And, 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 and it's not and like once the Ray movie set to come out in May, the Ahsoka movie set to come out in December. Are they going to put this in between the two? Because there'll be three movies in one year for Star Wars? Shoot. That's, that's crazy to me. That's not. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I, I always appreciate how well versed you are in kind of just the the process and the timelines and things like that for the way that my brain thinks i always find it useful to ask you a lot of questions so maybe i can ask you some and you can like help me place the timeline in some place so in terms of the timeline normally for mando season four which has been written uh favreau has said he's been written but it obviously hasn't started any kind of production we would be looking at maybe if they started filming let's say the strike ended they they could start fielding in like October November, it, very very like that would be the soonest possibly, maybe January. That's assuming they have all the casting done. They have yeah. all the previs done. That's assuming they have that none of the actors because there's a problem. What if you know Pedro Pascal has another commitment mm-hmm. uh, that so or 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 or, or Katie Sackhoff whoever whoever is the actors <clears throat> they might have another movie that quit filming because of the strike. And so they have to go do that first because of that contract. And right. so that means they have to delay this even more. So it could be even later, but let's right. just, for argument's sake, let's say October, November to start. Uh, and then, so we got six months of filming that puts some finishing in, you know, April. And after that, another few months of production, post-production stuff. Uh, yeah. So we're not looking at any kind of premiere until literally, 2024 December like 
That the early ab- at the, the absolute, absolute at the absolute earliest, if things were to end yeah. like today on the writer strike, and yeah, exactly that's where we're kind of timetabling, imagining that things could. Like, if we did a movie, would that have would that change? Would that be any sooner? Would we that still be probably about the soonest we would possibly get something? If we're assuming the strike ended tomorrow and they could start shooting in October, maybe they get the shooting done and the editing done and have the movie ready for release in a time crunch by September or October of next year. So you mm. save three or four months, maybe. I don't... Right. They, they, in the article, they cite the time as the reasoning, the time crunch, and I think that's pr- part of the problem, but I think it's a bigger problem that people haven't seen, that the, the, the 70 million people haven't seen The Mandalorian. It's the 10 million. Hmm. Well, I, I also don't know the answer to this question. Uh, what's going to happen first on the timeline? Ahsoka Season 2 or Mando Season 4? Are they, oh, okay, I would assume Mando Season 4, I then Ahsoka too. Season 2, mm-hmm. is what I would assume. That's what I would guess. But I could be wrong. And yeah. what if they only have time for one of those? Because... Is Dave directing all of Ahsoka season two? Is is he writing? He may have already written it, um, but he certainly hasn't started the production on it. And so that means he's going to have to do that and (laughs) immediately after transition into his movie. Or is he going to have to simultaneously do a Mando season four movie and Ahsoka season two and be working on his movie? Because even Dave Filoni can't handle that, you know. There's just if, no way. If, if we're assuming Filoni's putting the same <clears throat> workload and same effort and same timetable <coughs> that JJ and Ryan and um, uh, uh, Gareth Edwards put into their Star Wars movies, the high quality stuff, he can't work on anything else but his movie now. There's no time to do any other seasons of anything for him. Favreau right. can produce all this. I mean, uh, Filoni can advise and produce it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, Filoni cannot be active on any other projects. No, but the movie, he I, needs I, to I, focus I would on think. That. And if he doesn't, you either, either he has other people helping him out with the movie, which really it's going to be his movie or the film. just will have lower quality because he's working on this other stuff. Yeah. So I think that, he doesn't have enough time to do Ahsoka season two, which hasn't even, by the way, they haven't even confirmed that they're doing an Ahsoka season two. I think they're waiting to see how this, how Ahsoka does. Um, it's just the, 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 the rumor mill, the, the, all the analysts are saying we expected to be an Ahsoka season two because of the lead up to the movie. But yes, it may not be that. Um, if well, I, if I were advising Favreau, I would say, Make a season of Mandalorian, but get as much in there to prep for the movie so that you only have to do one season and you don't have to stress and make two seasons really fast. Just make one season, get everything in that season that you need to do, cut out the fat, cut out any filler episodes, and just make it, and make it a crossover season, whatever you need. Just a crossover make season? May, I don't know. The just way they did in, would in Book of Boba with... I mean that wasn't Maybe. well received. But that wasn't well received. But that's because that Ahsoka was because has the writing appeared. itself was the problem. Well, and it was also because 
the best episodes of the show didn't involve Boba Fett, and it was supposed to be his show too. Right, and you know, so I just, I just, I just don't think that doing multiple seasons and like rushing to get them out in front yeah. of a movie is a wise idea. I think a single season, that's that for me. What do you do? You think anything? Well, else? it limited episodes. If if you have to do a cut down season four of, of Mando, and take yeah. takes take it from eight down to five episodes and just cut out all the filler and make every episode just amazing you Mm -hmm. know just crazy start to finish action where even the people who are like always going to find something to complain about find it hard to complain about like the episodes that that could be possibly a way to save time the i think the question is that only they got you know you have to ask what all has to be set up and do we need Ahsoka season two to set up this and that and this and that, or is season one going to do a good enough job? Mm-hmm. You know, seeing that it's already finished, we can only imagine that that's a set endpoint that they, you know, they already asked themselves this question is they already know, are we going to have one? Are we going to not have one? What are we going to do? And they, you know, it depends on for us, like, Oh, it was a success, but it's, if they planned on an Ahsoka season two to happen, it's going, it's going to happen because they need that, that setup for his movie. That storyline. So yeah. I really, really hope that he has people that can handle that so that, you know, because I think if both of us want to really see Dave Filoni succeed in his movie. I oh, want yeah. his movie to, like, blow Star Wars back into the main conversation. And, <clears throat> and, and really, that could happen. I, I see it as possible because of this whole... You know, Grogu blew up the scene. People are going to want to go see that movie a bunch of times. You never know. I mean, especially if it's if it's got that Dave Filoni charm, but polished in a way like we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. That's that's like, do you do you know what is like the Dave Filoni charm? Yeah. (laughs) So I would say that I'm going to put a pin in that because I don't this next thing I'm talking about will lead into that. Okay. so. We have scheduled first to come out is the Ray movie, which I would love to see because it's expanding the timeline. We're going is that, further than we've. That's gone May twenty twenty six, right? Yeah. So, here's the thing with that. That's three I don't years know away. Whether they, yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know whether less they, than three years away. Less than three years away. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether they finished the script in time of the writer strike because the writer strike was some in May. Mm. I don't know if they made it in time or not. Um, uh, because in April he was working on it and he, the Stephen Knight, and he intended to turn it in at the end of April. That was his intention. That was the last we heard about that script. Man, I sure hope he made the Kessel run on that script. Yeah. Yeah. If he turned it in (laughs) and it was a good script and there were no problems, then the director, (laughs) uh, I forgot her name. She can have been working on it this whole time, and you know she could be doing pre-production, pre-vis, doing the you know you know that scene of, uh, of of George Lucas doing the markers on the board. She can be doing all that kind of stuff. You don't need the actors, you don't need the writers. You can keep stuff going. Yeah. However, if he didn't turn in the script, they've probably just been sitting, waiting for it because Twiddling he can't write during the script uh, during the during the during the strike, and they can't really work on anything if they don't have the script yet. So. If that's the case, that movie could get delayed. But here's what, if, if I'm Lucasfilm, there's buzz about that movie. 
but it's like controversial buzz. There's people who are like super into it that I know. And then there's some people who, because it's Ray, they just don't want to see it. Like they're that angry about the sequel trilogy that they don't want to see it. Yeah. So if you needed an excuse to be like, well, that didn't pan out and not look like buffoons for doing it. The writer strike is the perfect way to well, get rid of that movie. You're right. And, and um, if that's what they're going to have say, to do, I don't want them I think, to get rid of that movie. I, I think well, it's I'm the, happy that you say that it's a good chance for them to reset the pieces after Rise of Skywalker, you know, yes. shuffled the board around. And However, through who it. <laughs> do you, which which do you want to be the movie that returns Star Wars to the theater? I think that if it's the Ray movie, there is such a high risk, such a high risk that general audiences are going to be mixed or or, or worse, yep. not like it. Yep. And I think with Dave, it's like, Filoni, oh, it's a Star Wars movie, another people. Ray. Oh, it's yeah. a Star Wars movie, but it's got Baby Yoda. Oh, well, all right, let's yes. go see that now. Now with Dave Filoni, I know people. I, I am surprised by this. I know some Dave Filoni haters on on Twitter. It's 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 crazy to me. But there are some Dave Filoni haters. Well, but they're has not some mainstream, haters. like like there are Ray haters there, or or like the sequel trilogy haters. There, it's it's not mainstream that much. So, and I think that if Filoni, if he makes a movie, he's gonna put the effort into it. Um, and he's been on such an upward trajectory with his stuff. And if Ahsoka nails the landing this month, I think that, you know, it, it's even it's even better. I think that I'd prefer that his movie be the lead-in movie of new movies. Now, maybe the Ray movie comes in after him and it's great and all that stuff. But I think that his mm-hmm. movie should be the lead-in of the new movies to usher Star Wars back into the theaters. That's my opinion. What do you think? <laughs> Only if he has the time to do it right. Right. Only yes. if the setup yes. gets to happen. Done one and rushed. Um, yeah. And and that's going to mean obviously that this rumor about making Star Wars said with the season four movie would have to become oh it's a Disney Plus movie. <laughs> you know. Yes. It's yes. that. Or, I would be okay with it being a Disney Plus movie. I think that that'd be a really interesting idea to just make it a two hour movie that's on Disney Plus. I, it would be interesting, but the the you know just the think about the buzz behind that what would the narrative yeah. say because every time disney plus is like do you remember the pinocchio movie with tom hanks that yes. disney plus right. like and uh, and people we would don't say, talk about that see, movie like what <laughs> right. and people would say see star wars isn't worth being in the theaters the best they can do is put a movie on disney plus <clears throat> now come on yeah i can see that ha- conversation happening so that i that's a good point but they do point. need they do need subscribers. They lost a whole 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 bunch over the past few months, so that so, might. Uh, this is where that's interesting. It, they lost a bunch in India because they lost a deal in India. But in the uh, North America, they uh, only lost half a million, which is not much in the grand scheme of things. So North America, they're still doing pretty good. Okay. Well, the other the third movie about the ancient Jedi. I yes. don't know anything about the status of the pre-production or the script or the writing of that, but that was supposed to be like the second or third movie to be released anyway. The third movie. The yeah. third one. So that was the 2027. It's got, it's got the most Oh, it's 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 later than that now. It's oh. it's, it's been pushed to 2028. Hmm. That's so, the one I've been saying from the from beginning, the beginning of that the won't three, happen. I'm saying that of the 3, that's the most likely not to happen, especially since he just signed a deal to make Swamp Thing with James Gunn. Like, he already uh, has his next project lined up, 
and his star and his other movie with Lucasfilm just failed uh, financially. Uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. So may as well just who wouldn't cut want losses. to do a Star Wars movie? I don't understand that. I guess if you're just not a Star Wars fan, but um, <clears throat> well, what are the problems that we could fix in Mandalorian season four that had that we had problems in season three by making the it focus, a film? Uh, focus it entirely on Din and Grogu. That's one. Even though Which we love. Bo-Katan. Had no story whatsoever in season three. Right. <laughs> they were they were they were sidelined, um, but make make them the central characters. Also, make an advancement specifically for Grogu. It can't, we can't just have Baby Yoda. We need him talking. We need him doing things with the Force. We need well, an advancement from him. We really need him talking. Uh, yes. When you said that, that he. Uh, his puppet work in the finale episode, him like hopping around, yeah. looked very odd. There are moments where his puppet look, looks fine, but that looked really, really weird. Just yeah. hopping around the ceiling chandelier there and the, with the, yeah. So there's some weird stuff. Uh, but you're right with, with that. I think one of the big criticisms was, you know, Bo-Katan, we like her, but she needs her own show. She stole his show. And I even heard, yep. you know, you heard Tamora Morrison say the, the same thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> In the they Disney galleries? said, yeah, she's the Mandalorian now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, look at me. I'm the captain now. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that Din, or sorry, not Din Djarin, but Pedro Pascal hasn't made any comments and... His involvement in this is pretty important. He's taking, he is he, taking a nap in his mound of cash that he's gotten <clears throat> paid from these projects. He doesn't care. He's like... He made he's, such a great impression in Game of Thrones when his character first appeared. Yep. You know, his character was just this breakout, well-written, huge star. Everybody loved him. And, you know, a big, big gory death that everybody yeah. remembers. And from then he just became huge. I liked, you know, I liked him a little better before he seemed to have gotten that head. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that's just a assumption I'm making about him. Sorry, if Pedro, if you're listening. Um, but uh, things are good, but they could be better. <laughs> <laughs> he was the best part of that movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Other than this, no, no, sorry. The second best part. The best part of that movie is the score. Um, oh yeah! Uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Well, with Ahsoka season two, that's my biggest question: is are we are we necessi- necessitating that as a prequel? Because the timeline, whoever the showrunner, the writer is going to have to be somebody other than Dave. Who? There are some people we, suge- we could suggest. Who's going to do? But who is going to show run Ahsoka? He couldn't. He <clears> had <throat> such trouble letting someone write a single novel back when they did the Ahsoka novel. Mm-hmm. He's no one is producing an Ahsoka show by he'll, him. <laughs> he'll. He, what if he brought in Ashley Eckstein and let her run it? <gasps> <laughs> I mean, the, the one I person would be that okay he would. With that. The one person that the he one, would trust. <laughs> he's like. Time for you to learn. Go. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. She's not doing that. She, yeah. But I would love it. I would yeah. love it. 
he, but that's not happening. So you're the only person I trust with my character besides myself. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we got to move on to one more yeah. one more thing, which is uh, we do have the final Ahsoka trailer. I mentioned a few. Um, well, this is more of a TV spot trailer, but still. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there's so many fakes out there. One of the fakes, I swear to you that I believed it at first because it had Matt Lanter's voice. And I was oh, like, yeah. why are they using Matt Lanter, Jonathan? Why aren't they using Hayden? I love that, but I also want Hayden because it's Hayden and it's canonical, you know, canonical for live right. action. Canonical. Man. And I was going to mad text you and then I was like, wait a minute, this is fan made. What's going on? So, uh, first of all, I would be okay with if they used Matt, but, uh, but you it, would? it makes more sense. It makes more sense that they use um, Hayden, but I'd be okay if they use Matt. Um, uh, if, if they used Ma- uh, Matt, they should have used, uh, Ashley. Like if they'd right. gone that direction. Right. Yes. Um, uh, but if they're, <clears throat> if they're using Rosario, it makes sense that they'd use Hayden. But dude, Ashley uh, would be so reason- mad. She's like, you, you got Matt Lanter, but you didn't <laughs> right. get <Everyone> me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, Matt Lanter has already been in the Mandalorian. So true. He's. He's already been. Um, the reason I pointed out this specific one, and I know I, I, I haven't been fooled by those uh, uh, fake ones because I just look for the ones specifically released by Lucasfilm, by their Star Wars YouTube channel. Um, uh, and so on the one that's called titled Now or Never, it was a good, I, I really liked this one, but specifically at the 24 second mark, I don't know if you have, have it pulled up, um, mm. uh, at the 24, also going into the 25 second mark, you can see inside the cockpit of the ghost and you can see on the left side, uh, Hera, obviously, but there is someone in the co-pilot seat. Do you see that? I just see the back of their head. Yes, but <clears throat> you can see the hair kind of and uh anyway the point is that like i am like and me and and some other people i saw agree with me on this um on twitter it, we're like 99 percent sure that's jason um because of the height because sabine's taller than that uh ezra's taller than that ahsoka doesn't look like that and it would what make if sense it's omega what if it's she just omega. never grew up she never she grew, just up. Never grew up <laughs> live action she omega. dad Totem Wee's here. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think people are, you know, they're not having to reach too far to suggest that old Jason might be with his mom. Uh, and, <laughs> and we had the Lego set of the ghost release that has, um, uh, a Jason Sindula figure that has kind of like blue black hair, like it looks like in the trailer. So I'm... Um, that that makes me pretty excited because that's the first live action we've seen potentially of this character. Um, I feel like, and the rest of the trailer is cool too. All of us fans of of Rebels and Clone Wars, every episode of this show <laughs> is just going to be a big meme of like <gasps> a big meme of Count Dooku saying. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> like, right. Whenever they reference something, we know I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. this, and is, just this is reference Rebels after fan service, movie. the series. <clears throat> yes. But at the same time, can it be good for my parents who might watch it if I can convince right. them and have never heard of Rebels? And I doubt right. they've heard of the Clone Wars series. 
but they'll watch they'll watch this and if it's good they'll be like oh like i like that story that's a good star wars and, and you know <laughs> like with my parents too they don't watch the animated stuff technically my dad's seen the clone wars movie because he took me to it but he, he didn't care um uh, <laughs> but he didn't care about it um but they've watched Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, and they saw Ahsoka in there, and they just were like, "Oh yeah, it's a Jedi. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we're, we'll go along with this." They were they were totally happy with it. Um, so I think that you know, and that's something that they talked about in interviews that that was very much at the forefront of Dave's mind when he wrote it is how do we get the casual fan and the rebels fan in? And yes. if he was thinking about that and he was really focused on that, I think that it's going to be. I, I think that it's going to do really well, and. I'm betting, <clears throat> I really wish they released the numbers. I'm betting that Rebels popped over the summer. Because I know a lot of people who watched it for the first time and a lot of people who rewatched Rebels because of Ahsoka. So yes. uh, I'm betting that the numbers, whatever the numbers were before Ahsoka, the numbers after Ahsoka of Rebels fans will shoot up dramatically. And so it's not going to be that much of a gap to, to make up. So. Mm. Yes, I'm very excited. There is a uh, branch of the Star Wars fans that we like to call the wear lightsaber bunch. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> wear lightsaber. I sometimes fall into that category, and <laughs> we have seen lightsaber. Many a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. The trailers. The and I just, maybe they're teasing us, and it's going to be like only the scenes in the trailer, but... Um, <laughs> But that would be horribly mean. I do think that this is going to appeal to the classic Star Wars fan who, okay, it's laser swords, it's, it's you know, space monks, you know, and that's what it is. And they blow stuff up and they fight the bad guys that are really, you know, they're, they're really just Nazis in white, you know, uniforms. Right. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be anything controversial in this. Like, there's nothing like... <clears throat> There, I don't think there's going to be... There, there's things that people will nitpick and, and complain about, but there's not going to be that thing that will cause fans to be like, no, nope, we're, 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 we're done with this, like there has been with Marvel shows, like there have been with Last Jedi. Um, <clears throat> my only concern, and this might be controversial to say, um, but Star Wars has a history of not involving itself in social issues much. I guess the would be the point. So even if those things are slightly implied, I would prefer it if they, uh, such as with the character of Sabine, if they imply that she is a certain way (laughs) that they handle that in a very just non direct kind of very passive in passing mention, but not really deal with issue way. I would prefer that. And that will be controversial it could be a comfort just to say that. I just don't think that that's the type of story that Star Wars is about. So it, it has nothing to do with like wanting that to be you can't or you shouldn't. But, I also think that's just uh, not what how Dave thinks. That's not the type of stuff he's <clears throat> going to include in his story. So I don't think right. we need to worry about it. Right. Well, he... I guess with, with Obi-Wan, he did the story, the, the love story there with him and Satine, but... That was not. That was like the tamest of tame. Very tame. <laughs> Very tame, and uh, you know, it was for kids too. So yes. yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, I will say that as we're recording this, 
I assume we'll release this the next day. But as we're recording this, mm-hmm. we are two weeks away. Two weeks away Man. from the release. I'm um, getting really excited. Me too. And that means we it, only it have one more episode so to record good. until Ahsoka comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your theory about this Inquisitor? Did uh, they survive? Did they? Probably. Not someone that we know. Um, Were uh, they working new. underneath Vader during the original trilogy? Just not ever on screen. Yeah. But they were around, and he was just like, go do this, and you'll, you know. It's kind of like the way that Timothy Zahn used to write Mara Jade back in the, the <clears throat> 90s. He would write it as, oh, yeah, she was always there. She was at Jabba's Palace. She just The, the camera never got around to see, showing her at Jabba's Palace. If it turned a little bit more, you'd see her. That's what he used to say with his, that's, that's how this is going to be. It's like, oh, yeah, the Inquisitor was always there. <laughs> we just never, you know, he was, he was in a different part of the galaxy. He was dealing with something else, or she was dealing with they, they, the Inquisitor was dealing with something else. So, well, I'm sure they'll spackle that. I'm not, I'm not particularly worried. Because they also have to deal with the how did Balin scroll his character, how did um, Hadi survive, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I it's think so, they'll, they'll deal with it. Man, such a long time. I, I just thought that Luke was it. And that's the movie led you to believe, yeah. because Yoda says it, the last of the Jedi you'll be. So that's what I believed. I just took it at face value. Right. Um, you just you just do that. And then we get to the prequels and all oh, these Jedi. It's so cool. It's so awesome. But I knew in the back of my head, all of them had to die because right. Luke would be the last one alive. Mm-hmm. Well, bend the rules a little bit. And now you've got Ahsoka is not technically because she left the order. Um, and we oh, you got Ezra. But well, he was trained. He was he was trained, but he was never really knighted type situation, and he lost in the unknown regions and technically this and that. So and now, if you go with like legends, boy, so many Jedi survived <clears throat> to the um, to to post Return of the Jedi uh, from before, and they were full knights. Uh, so they would just spackle it and say it's the last of the Jedi that Yoda is aware about. That's that's how you spackle that. <laughs> Last yeah. of the Jedi you will be that Yoda's aware about. And also, it's when a character says a line like that, you have to think they're trying to impress upon this character the weight and the yes. significance of what they're about to do. Mm-hmm. Not so much just ex, you know give us exposition for the entire universe to build our facts in our in our book of lore around. Yeah, yep. it might be true. But Typically, it might also not be exactly precisely true because they didn't know everything. If they were telling the Return of the Jedi story in the novels, they would never have had that line in there because the novelists are always told, don't limit what you can do. Like, it, like don't say you were the last of this because what if we want to be able to write more of this? So novelists know we're very careful. We don't like, like absolute statements when it comes to numbers or stuff. That's the reason that they very much are hesitant to give an a legit we don't know a legitimate number how many jedi were around when order 66 happened like we say oh tens of mm-hmm. thousands we don't have a concrete number because as soon as they give that to us the um that limits what they can do with it so i think well, it's that's why return not know. like return is always so great of a rewatch for me because i know there's nobody coming to save luke right there's no other person and he's always had somebody save him Han saves him, mm-hmm. you know, and 
and then Obi-Wan shows up to help save him. You know, when he fights Vader in, in Empire, Leia shows up because right. she senses him to rescue him from the bottom. There's always somebody there to save him. In return, he knows. And that's why he's going there to die. He, he accepts his death in, in a very Harry Potter-esque moment. Yes, yes. You know, he, bef- but just before the, you know, before the actual was written. But um, <laughs> it's still a, I'm ready to die, are you? And that whole story revolves around, to a degree, that line that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. If that line hits and is delivered, then the audience and me as a kid watching it really feels the weight of that. And I did. I felt so engrossed in that, like, just the feeling of he has to do this. It's Luke's time now, and he does. And mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, so, yeah. hey, we know, you know, I was, I was talking beforehand. I was like, I don't have a lot to say about Eclipse. So you sure we're going to have enough? I'm not we sure how much enough. I have to say about Lando. You just rolled away with Lando, and we have plenty to talk about. This this was a fun discussion. I always love talking with you because when it comes to all of these things, like the production times, and you're so involved in the process and the knowledgeable, I just appreciate that you know so much. And, of course, too, that you always source things when there's rumors, and you're like, this is believable, this is, you know, because of these sources and because of the people, versus... Well, you can't just trust anything that, you know, a certain you know, masked YouTuber say. <laughs> <laughs> you, can just, you can't just watch a Doomcock video and say, well, it's happening. Kathleen Kennedy's fired. <laughs> and then he or says, whatever. this is my source. And I'm like, that's your source? I'm supposed to believe that person? Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, he's going to be right about trouble. some things eventually. He he will be right about something, and and then we'll all just be like, one out of a hundred. Blind squirrel <laughs> always finds the occasional acorn. Yeah, well, he's he's entertaining nonetheless. All right, I wouldn't say that. All so, right, so the um, <laughs> you, uh, you can far. find us on two, uh, <laughs> Simplecast on iTunes, <coughs> iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. You can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. You can find uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Jonathan Cohn, for all things books. My uh, Twitter, at uh, Jonathan Cohn, for general stuff, cultural stuff. You can follow me there. And then uh, I write... Star Trek reviews at Roku Depot. But until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro. And thank you for listening to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. <laughs>